You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. I'm so excited about today's episode as well as next week's because we talk so much and about such relevant topics that I split the conversation into two episodes. My guest is global visual thinking pioneer, Brandy Agerbeck. She teaches you how to reclaim drawing as your best thinking tool so that you can see and shape your life and your work in new ways. In 2016, Brandy published The Idea Shapers, The Power of Putting Your Thinking in Your Own Hands. It's an approachable and engaging visual thinking guide based on her 2013 TEDx talk, Shape Your Thinking. Teaching online through video, live virtually, and in person, Brandy is a triple threat of world-class expert, top-notch trainer, and seamless facilitator. And we are talking about visual thinking today with Brandy. You know, and it's such an esoteric term of sorts. Like, what does it actually mean and how can I apply it to my life and business? Well, we dive into just that today. But I wanted to preface our conversation with some context. You know, Brandy is an artist. She creates images that are related to thinking or brainstorming or a presentation or teaching. She creates arrows and bullet points. She links ideas together by lines, creates hierarchies of ideas, and she's developed personal icons to use in her works and developed a style for her own human beings in her drawings. And when you hop on her website, which is linked in the show notes, you know, you're going to see all the cool things that she creates and really all the cool things that she thinks. And, you know, I'm really tuned into the style of work that Brandy does. You know, I've taken her one day workshops and been on some of her Q&A calls And I think as business owners, there are a myriad of ways that we can all bring our personal drawing touch to the work that we do. Think about it. Think about the marks that you create on paper. You know, if there were no lines on the page and I asked you to take notes on this episode, would you draw big dots for bullet points or stars? Would you start in the middle of a page and draw the topics that we speak about around in a circle? Or would you start at the top of the page and draw the topics down? You know, these are all decisions that we make and personal unique marks that we intuitively create. I, for one, am into arrows and highlighting words by writing over them numerous times to create like a bold effect. And I also draw lines to connect the ideas in my notes. You know, in teaching visual thinking though, Brandy takes what you intuitively do and helps you understand how to apply it. She teaches the idea of process, how to process what you hear, as well as how to listen and draw out what is notable in your own style. And now back to uses for this. You can use this from your own schedules and to-do lists to lead magnets and course materials. Me, I'm planning on incorporating my marks on my website redesign. You know, if you work with clients, you can map out what their goals are or map out notes from your calls, plus brainstorm sessions, right? Like visually drawing out your ideas is super inspiring to yourself, which is what matters, right? So, all right, let's get started with Visual Thinking with Brandy Agerbeck. You're listening to The Long Game Podcast with Sandra Scaiano. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The Long Game is my approach to business. 
the actual day in and day out philosophy that you have to show up, you have to do the work, and there's no quick fixes for long-term success. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, and I'm here to share the process and lessons I experience with my clients daily who are going through the same struggles of building a business as you are. We'll hear from successful entrepreneurs sharing their long game strategies, and I'm fun, so we're going to have a little fun along the way too. Thanks for being here. Let's get to today's episode. All right, everybody, I hear from so many of my clients and so many women entrepreneurs that they love stationery and planners and pens. Well, today's episode is one part stationery obsession, one part creative outlet, and one part strategic communication. I have today as my guest, Brandy Agerbeck. Welcome, Brandy. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here. Brandy is a visual thinking expert. She's a graphic facilitator, and this episode is going to get you thinking. It's going to get you inspired. And when you follow the show note links, you're going to want to explore Brandy's world. And I do want to just open with seriously, I have already attended a full day workshop of Brandy's. I've bought a bunch of pens and I love consuming what she shares. So like dig in everybody. So I'm excited that you're here, Brandy. And like, tell us, let's just start out with, you know, tell us what is a graphic facilitator? Like what is visual thinking? Just to kind of set the tone for our conversation forward. For sure. I think there are a lot of people who already feel like they're visual thinkers. Their next thought might be, but I'm not an artist. And so I like visual thinking. Let's talk about the big umbrella of visual thinking first. Then I'll be happy to talk about that specific role of graphic facilitation. Sure thing. Yeah. So visual thinking is like this big, beautiful umbrella for those of us who love working with our hands. It's not just that we like pens and planners. It's like, it's getting us to like feel our work and try to make sense of more abstract things like time. Like I'm still trying to find the perfect planner (laughs) that works with my particular brain. Everyone, that's the whole plight of planners. You're forever looking for the perfect planner. (laughs) Exactly. Thankfully I can design, you know, design my own and that's been whole whole phases. (laughs) But the overarching thing is we're visual, we're hands-on. Another fancy word is kinesthetic. Like we like to, you know, get our hands on stuff. Another part of it's spatial. What I love is that that spatial thinking has a lot to do with strategy. How do the pieces fit together? Like I hear I'm looking at my whole big picture of my own business. What are the pieces? What parts are bigger? What parts are smaller? How are they connected? So all of that, anytime we are we do see pictures in our head anytime we're thinking about those connections, we're recognizing patterns. Anytime it's seeing how this thing relates to this thing is visual thinking. And I think very often people do equate any that word visual with artistic. Right, right. I think it's creative. Mm-hmm. I think it's a way a lot of our brains are built. I did a TEDx talk in 2013 called Shape Your Thinking, and I was borrowing the work of a child psychologist named Linda Kreger Silverman. And in her work, she talked about two different kinds of students, auditory sequential. These are the kids who are great at listening to lectures, learning step by step. They think more in words than they think in pictures. And then the other type were visual spatial, much like I just described. And in her research, 63% of us, two thirds, are strongly visual spatial or lean that direction. So there's a whole heck of a lot of us out there who are trying to fit into 
auditory sequential workplaces and schools, but our brains are very much always like, you know, our fast brains are always figuring out like, how do these things connect? What are the patterns? What is the shape of what I'm trying to do here? So, and that is so interesting. And we'll actually be, uh, we'll touch upon it further in our discussion here, but, you know, as course creators or membership site creators or experts who are bringing our work forward to think about that in these various forms. I mean, that's something I talk with my clients about, like, let's bring things forward in multiple formats because of those different types of learning or who are you talking to? How are they going to receive this best? Exactly. Exactly. Totally. So that's, I mean, that's the very broadest definition of visual thinking. It's hands-on, it's visual, it's spatial. A lot of us are great at finding connections and patterns. Um, It can be more abstract and symbolic thinking. So you're just kind of thinking about, yeah, that's, we'll leave it there. Don't need to go into Yeah, you can't use thinking to to define thinking, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, what's interesting though, is that I think even in the next step, so like that's the broader, what is visual thinking, okay? That's the the heady definition in a way, but like there's a way to apply this to our world. Um, I do want to have you talk about graphic facilitation because I think people will Mm -hmm. be familiar with that and also very curious about that. And that's also a way as graphic facilitation that we can apply this to our own worlds. Like that's taking Mm -hmm. it another step as business owners into how can we do this? How do we use visual thinking in our business? Yeah. What we're just talking about was the macro. A particular outlet, like one specific application is graphic facilitation, like Sandra just described. And that's the very specific strange job of being in a room with a group of people as they're having some kind of meeting and mapping out their conversation in front of them. So it just happened that that was work I fell into in 1996 as a pup. Love that. I am like totally enamored by that. And, you know, we will have one of, we'll have an example of a graphic facilitation on the show notes for everyone to be able to refer to what Brandy is talking about. And you'll also, we'll have links to all her social media where she shares a lot of her work. So you will be able to check that out and definitely do that if you're like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? But it's basically she's taking the conversation and translating it onto one big whiteboard and, you know, a a big piece of paper and drawing out and listening. Like, that's what I want to get to, too. It's really about listening and picking out the pieces of information that are important to note. When we do talk, there's a lot of fluff, right? Yep. Oh, for sure. There's definitely ebbs and flows even though a speaker might think every single thing they're saying is important, that's not true. Because <laughs> there's all sorts of transitions and right? filler and fluff, like you said. But that that specific role is being the one person in the room drawing for the group. So that's a specific job role that I happen to fall into. And the same skill sets that that takes, which is listening observing, noticing what's happening with a group of people where you're noticing the body language, what's being said, noticing tension, the Mm. dynamics in a room, if there's power dynamics or hierarchy. The next big category of skills is all that thinking and processing. So noticing like, oh, that was said, I'm holding on to that idea to see if it gets repeated. If like somebody throws out what seems to me like as an outsider is kind of an odd idea. So I'll hold on to that and kind of bookmark it and say, okay, am I hearing more of that idea? So it's a lot of discernment, a lot of distilling, a lot of pulling apart 
what is important from what is kind of the social graces and the the hems and the haws and the da 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 back and forth. And then the third part is the output, which is does take the form of drawing and writing. And all of that kind of output really is in service to the group, mm-hmm. not to me, and not right, to right, me as right. a capital A artist, right? <laughs> right. And that is my background. I do come from an art background. I love to draw, but I do a very different kind of drawing from when I'm as a graphic facilitator versus if I'm drawing a coloring book, which is, you know, one of my now new favorite things to do. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> let's talk myself. about that because, you know, that is one thing when we talk about this visual and how to how to use that. Like even if we have our own notebooks and we're just doodling, like those marks, I mean, I love, all right, in Brandy's book, I'm holding up her book, Idea Shapers. In the very beginning, one of her quotes is, everyone is here to make their own mark. And it's like a, it's a pun because, but we do, we all have our unique way of, you know, of communicating with letters and objects and things like that. And that is one thing that got me interested in this because I always thought what I did was just what I did. And now I realize I can apply that and push those ideas a little further and create my new website with those graphics or, you know, use them in different ways. And so meeting you and seeing what you've been exposed to what you do in visual thinking has pushed my realms of what is possible for my own doodles type of idea. Awesome. Well, it's, it's so perfect you just said the word doodles because that was where I was heading next that like, Unfortunately, I don't personally don't like to describe what I do as doodles because it is something separate. You know, unfortunately, when you say visual, when you say drawing, people kind of either leap to doodling, which is by definition mindless, even though a whole lot of us who do doodle know that it's helping us keep our focus, it's keeping our hands busy. You know, like there is there are true functions where to the outsider, it looks like distraction. But internally, we know that it is helping us stay tuned in. So they either think it is the artsy, fartsy, doodly, squishy, whatever, or they think it's the masterpiece, right? right? Like only a few people have been tapped on the head with a talent stick. But the truth is, these are just more tools. These are just more ways of working. And like you said, like, you're like, oh, wait a second, this is stuff I already do. And maybe you felt, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you might've felt like a separation, Instead of, oh, wait a second, this is just integrated in part of my process. And now I could actually think about, do I actually want to make these drawings, not just for my own internal prep and process, but could I share them and could they communicate? Is that fair to say? Completely. And especially since like, I mean, I have really in the past few years just come into my own and it's something, it's a tenant of my business of we are all unique and like that piece of like, do it your way. This is the epitome of do it your way, right? It's penmanship. It's lines that I do that I don't, no one else draws like that, right? Even though, you know, I think the, the, the hurdle getting over it is I didn't think I was drawing, you know? And when really I can apply this in a new way now, because, you know, I do believe we all have this energy within us to be creative one way or another. And, you know, using visual thinking and what what you're teaching is a perfect vehicle because the end of the goal the end goal is not framed art right the end goal can be just our thoughts or your to-do list or notes for your coaching client and it's how you you know you're presenting that to yourself type of thing completely and as you were describing that i was thinking of a couple things one is 
The reason all of this works, so whether you call it writing, drawing, I don't call it doodling personally, but whatever you call it, what's happening is you're taking all the stuff that's inside of you, those thoughts and those feelings and those ideas that you're carrying around and try, like, it's incredible what pressure we put on ourselves on how much we try to hold inside and oh expect ourselves to have perfectly cataloged, right? <laughs> totally. Oof. <laughs> And it's the the most basic act is we're just getting it out. I feel like I were you gonna No, I was gonna something? say that's why we yeah. drink, but yeah. 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 <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Totally. Right? <laughs> it's an option. It it's an option. Comes out one I way or say, another. Right. No. We can pick up pens instead of a glass, but yeah. I'm not gonna judge. But that's totally, what I teach totally. is picking up the pens. <laughs> totally. But the, the the most basic thing is we're just getting that stuff out onto a new surface and make it tangible. So that's the most basic thing. And that the I say I always say the number one reason I use visual thinking is it reduces my overwhelm. Cause like I'm not somebody who ever has a problem with lack of ideas. <laughs> you know, right. It's much more like the swarm of bees in the head. And then once you get it outside of yourself, one, there's just the relief. And then two, it's that first step in making something happen. You now have got it on that surface and you can see it outside of yourself. Like I talk about. One a, my, my own definition of visual thinking, you can ask another person and get another answer, is totally. I talk about you're making a drawing. And as you're making that drawing, you're making choices. So I'm thinking, what is that idea I want to get down? How do I want to word it? Where should it be on the page? Does it connect to something that's already on the page? And in each of those choices, we're making meaning. So we're making the choices which make meaning. And I love that when you're making those drawings, hopefully, if you're attuned to yourself, you're getting all these great intuitive cues and creative cues of like, oh, this feels really tense. This doesn't feel right. Or when those things click together and there's like those chills or that sense of relief or that, you know, ah, feeling. So that's important information you're giving yourself in the process of getting that stuff out. And then as you're making that meaning for yourself, then you can make the next step happen. So to your point about masterpiece, I always talk about the difference between drawing as a verb and drawing as a noun. And those of us who are creative and have all sorts of, you know, whatever type of creative pursuit, we know how much we love the process side of it. And sure, it ends up being a finished product, right? <laughs> She's la Sandra's louding, nodding loudly. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I was right? going to say process earlier uh, in your sentence, like when you say it yeah. feels so good to get it out, like that is yeah. process. That's processing exactly. whatever's inside of you. And so it isn't just, it's, it's thoughts and process as well. Yep, exactly. Unfortunately, well, those of us who are creative have pursuits. And I, I mean, I truly do believe everyone is creative. It takes yeah. a bajillion different types of forms. Yeah. So I do not believe there's only certain people tapped with a talent stick. Some folks, like I am somebody who does have a lot of specific knowledge and practice and experience with visual choices. So that comes more easily to me. But that's that practice and that's that that skill building. So I do believe all of us can learn the skills of whatever that medium is that you want to learn. And if, if you do consider yourself an outsider from this, very often what we're doing is we're judging a final product. Mm -hmm. And that's when we compare somebody else's finished product to our own internal process. Like, I love that phrase, don't compare your insides to somebody else's outsides. Right, right. You know, the same is don't compare somebody else's finished product to your internal process. Because you have no idea, you look at somebody's finished work, whatever that is, 
you have no idea what they went through. Was there self-doubt? Was there that flow state where they were just zooming? Did it take them 40 hours or 45 minutes? Like, you don't know. And it's the idea of practice. Like, it is, you know, we shouldn't come to this saying, well, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to, it's going to be perfect the way I want it at the first get go. And, you know, it's what I learned in taking the one day workshop with you was that, you know, I did have my own style and things. And then when I started applying it, like it was not perfect in my eye, but that's okay. Because it was like, it showed just like everything else. You need practice at it. You need to work at it. I'm learning the methods and the thought process and then able to apply. And I didn't hate what I did. You know, like I was like, okay, I could see where a solid five hours could help. A solid 25 Mm -hmm. hours could make me that much better, right? Like to a point that I want to get to if that's what I'm striving for. So, you know, I think that's kind of what comes with these artistic endeavors or these creative endeavors sometimes as well is that, we think we've got it. We've either got the touch with the talent stick, as you say, or we don't. And really, it's about practicing and working towards, you know, the methods and using the tools. Completely. It's two things came to mind there. One is, again, how much pressure we put on ourselves to think things are going to are going to come out of us fully formed. We don't come out of our mothers fully formed. <laughs> it's just not the deal, right? And the other is, you know, when you said when you were describing that. The beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing is how clearly we can picture something in our head. And then there's that gap between what we're picturing in our head and what we see on that piece of paper. And so that's when that inner critic gets really loud. And it's like, you know what? I'm not there yet. But give yourself the credit for like how clearly you could visualize things in your head. Like that is an enormous gift. And practice Mm -hmm. is the thing that bridges that gap, like you're saying. And I want to go back to something that you said. Um, You talked about using drawing as a verb or drawing as a noun. So drawing as a verb is the name of your monthly Q&A that you do. So I I want to talk about this for two reasons, and I'll have you explain what it is. But one, Brandy does this monthly Q&A as an entrance into her world. So, you know, we're going to post how to follow and and get into Brandy's world so you can learn about this. If you're curious, you can hop on and sign up for one. I also love that this is a commitment you make in your business as a way to Mm -hmm. promote what you do, your courses and your workshops and introduce people. Um, I've attended the Drawing as a Verb and there's all different levels. There's people who are brand new to your world. There's people who are in different trainings and, and, uh, you know, want to ask questions and things like that. So let's talk about drawing as a verb, the workshop, the you know monthly Q&A as a vehicle and what it does for you. Excellent. I will tell you my intentions, then I'd love to hear what your experience was as a participant. So drawing as a verb, it's a 90-minute Q&A once a month, roughly the second Tuesday-ish. The way I perceive it is it's kind of the monthly on-ramp into my ecosystem, into my world, because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of complexity. You know, what I just described about the making choices, when it's you and a blank piece of paper, that feels really daunting. So what I'm here to do is help teach people those visual choices so they can understand how principles of visual language work to give you that confidence, to keep supporting you, give you some clarity around and a systematic way of learning visual thinking so that you can bridge that gap, get farther faster, so that what you have in your head more quickly looks like what ends up on the page, you know, that, that a great connection between those two things. 
So I see drawing as a verb as, as a way to welcome folks in. And on that call, I do share two models. And they're for me, they're two very good context setting and mindset opening models. And both of them are trying to help the folks who join me see that bigger picture for visual thinking. And so, one of them and is called to the even break that Please. down further, if you're just yeah. joining for the first time, those are basically lessons, lessons in the mode of visual thinking. Like you will talk about two elements that you teach throughout or are the basics of the programming. Yeah, exactly. So the first model is for great reasons to draw. And one of them is the capital A art, but there's three other ones. Right. So right. part of it is I'm really trying to quickly show folks four really good reasons to draw. And then I talk about process-focused drawings versus product-focused drawings. And the reason that the session's called drawing as a verb is we are looking at drawing as a verb, not a noun. We're focusing on process-focused drawings. The only judgment of a process-focused drawing is it gets you a step closer in what you're trying to do. That's it. The second model is describing five types of visual thinkers. So very mm -hmm. often the door has already been opened mentally with the first one. And then the second one, folks can go, oh, wait a second. Now I'm starting to see some real application. And the second big thing is one, I want to really help people open their minds and, and see themselves as visual thinkers. And, you know, there's something that's attracting people to the page and the, they're signing up. But that's definitely my intention for what I hope they gain. And then the other side of it is, it's a perfect demonstration of who the heck I am and how I teach. Right, So, right. you know, if you, you know, it's a great kind of audition <laughs> if you like the way, you know, Completely, interact and- since yeah. your course to purchase is a video course or your workshops, mm -hmm. your one day workshop is on Zoom like this. And it's like exactly, exactly how you teach. Exactly. So I love that. And I love that because everybody is always thinking like, how am I drawing people into my world, right? And so, yeah. you know, some of us have a podcast, some of us do blog articles. I love this as an option of it's there. Yeah. It's always there once a month. Exactly. And you have committed to it just like everything else, right? Like, just like a podcast is a commitment. You've committed to this piece where you're going to show up and host it. I do get folks, colleagues who are also small business owners who are like, oh, that's so much time. And my feeling is, Everything is automated behind the scenes. And I show up for 90 minutes and I get to do the thing I love to do and see new faces. For me, one of the most gratifying things is I have a global audience. I can be on a session where somebody's in Romania, somebody's in Brazil, somebody's in the UK, somebody's in Peru. Like it's brilliant. And that's really energizing for me. And I am an absolute introvert. So <laughs> nobody thinks that because I can turn it on. <laughs> you would never know. Yeah, you would never, never know. know. One of the ways I was talking about business strategy is one of my rules for myself to be able to show up this way is I don't want to be on, I don't want to be in front of humans more than 60 days a year, six zero. So I actually plan out my workshops, plan out drawing as a verb. I actually wow. do the, I never right, knew some that of the, um, I did not yeah, know no, that. That's really yeah. calculated. I came to it where I realized like, oh, this is how I can show up the best. I like I'm in right now I'm in my studio in Chicago, about two miles no, north of my home. It is so quiet. There's nobody around. It is absolute brandy utopia here. <laughs> and so when I was thinking about how to work the way I work best, having this quiet space, having it very scheduled out. So for instance, days 
every other drawing is a verb, I'm also having a call for my membership. So I'm coupling those live days where I'm doing two different sessions on the same day. I know a lot of people do that kind of thing, but just to say it explicitly to realize that this is the way I work best and I can show up. And for me, I show up for 90 minutes, give it everything I got, made a great impression on those humans Mm -hmm. and whether they choose to work, you know, what's great is I feel like I've shown them who I am. If I'm their right teacher, they know where to find me. I've planted a seed. A seed might sign up within that week. You know, somebody might come to me six months later saying, now I'm ready. Perfect. And there's Q&A time in there, which is what I love too, because there is the teaching point. And I had already purchased from you when I came to Drawing with a Verb. I did it the opposite way because I just was interested. And I was like, oh, let me check out what this is. So I went, but... I, as someone who is just getting started in my uh, development of my graphics and my drawing, I was able to ask you a question and be like, hey, you know, so you're able to facilitate that and grow relationships, nurture relationships there as well through Q&A where, you know, it doesn't get to be, I say, so distracting that I had my question and someone else had a question about something else like signing up, like, it's okay that they're all coming maybe from different places. You know, that is, it works in what you do. Thank you. Yeah. I love responding. I say at the, the responsiveness and the interaction sounded really wonky, but I always say at the beginning of that call, I prefer it to be more of a conversation than a presentation. Although I do have two models we're going to share in this time and I'm more than comfortable, like leaving it open and pausing and pausing and just letting there be space for that oh shyer person. <laughs> you know, the first fine. time you're like, what's going on? But I'm going to talk to that because please, what you're teaching too is just so thought provoking, you know, that, and mm. you're applying it to yourself. So like you need that time to think about it and process it in your head. Like, Completely. Oh, how would I use this? Or what does that mean to me? along the way. So it is nice that there's some pause. And I love that about your teaching style. And then you kind of check in with everybody and then, Mm -hmm. all right, we're going to move on. Everyone seems okay. So we'll move on now. Exactly. Yeah. And part of that, just tactically, I love how you described the, you know, thinking something, it's it's thought provoking and you need some time to process. There's also just the one, the introverts, who aren't the first people to speak up. And second, with my international audience, I have a lot of folks who are far better spoken than they feel they are because they're speaking mm-hmm. in a second, third, fourth language. But, you know, those are other reasons to not feel like, okay, I've got a 90-minute session. I must be talking nonstop for 90 minutes. Like, let it ebb and flow. We yeah. all need that. We all need that. Totally. And that also builds a sense of community, like an under, like from that, because it isn't, I'm coming for a lecture. Like I'm coming to enrich myself. I want to engage. If I have a question, I want, I, you know, I love how you acknowledge people and, and these type of things too, you get to know people. Sometimes it are there. I think there were people who were from one of your memberships or courses in there. Like, you know, people, and then there's new people as well. So it is another touch point for your membership that people can come in and just listen in as well. One of the biggest things is, even though there's a heck of a lot of us out there, we can feel very alone, especially when we are very new to this and don't realize there's things like sketch notes, mind mapping, graphic facilitation, like all these different labels we put on under this big, beautiful umbrella. And I think for folks, it's just like, oh, wait a second. 
here are other people who in some way think like me, and look, this person's in Brazil, and this person's in Romania, and this person's two miles south of Brandy in Chicago. <laughs> like, it's it's brilliant. So I think that's just a really lovely, lovely um, effect of it as well. And I'm glad you touched on these different outlets. I want to um, wrap up this segment with that. Like, you know, because people are listening to us and and saying, okay, like, I'm not a drawer, but I like, I'm intrigued by that piece. Like, how do I use this? Like, how do I use this in my business? I'm I'm not going to become a graphic facilitator right now, but yep. we talked, I, you know, I had mentioned like, oh, even your to-do lists or, you know, can be cooler. <laughs> they can just mm-hmm. be an outlet, right? For you yeah. and your creativity. So when you talk mind mapping and some of these other ways, can you just kind of run into some of the ways that you use visual thinking as a business owner to process our thoughts? For sure. Yeah. One of the things, I just had like 14 things flood my brain at once. (laughs) Where are we going to start? (laughs) No, no. So that's a good problem to have, right? Instead of crickets and tumbleweeds. Right, right. Um, Um, So one thing, (laughs) right, exactly. (laughs) I know that for me, anytime I'm, I'm always trying to create tools for myself that help keep me on track. I am somebody who is great at the the creative side and not the maintenance side. You know, like if I can design something new. So sometimes it's like, wow, you know what? I did the schedule one way. I'm going to do it another way. And sometimes I feel like it's a little Titanic, you know, deck tears on the, on the Titanic. But it's like, you know what? Something new will be revealed if I'm doing my schedule on one big sheet of paper taped to the wall. Another thing's going to be revealed if I'm going to put Every day is an index card, and I've got a stack of index cards. And I'm going to shuffle mm. them around. One thing, like one very tactical thing that I demonstrate really quickly in the TEDx talk, the name of Shape Your Thinking, is I do something called a tangible to-do list, where I'm making a to-do list with post-it notes, one task per post-it note. They're color-coded by project, but I, I'm able to get everything down on a wall or the back of my door, and then I pull out just what's most important and put it at the top. And then instead of throwing it away or crumpling it up, I exit out and put it on the side. So now I have like that accumulation of those finished tasks. It just happened to be something I developed that works for me. But what I love is I can take down one task, hold it in my hand, walk away from all of the tasks, right? So I'm thinking about what do I need spatially, not to have the overwhelm of that entire wall of post-it notes and just go, you know, this is the one right now. (laughs) Like, that's it. And so that's an example. I'm always doing things like trying to draw out how all the, for me, a big thing is do all the pieces fit together? Do they make sense? Part of the reason I do drawing is like as you're doing your courses or your, you know, your brain uh, content idea dumping type of thing. Like when you talk about the index cards for that, it's like, okay, put put an idea on an index card and it doesn't have to be a paragraph written out, right? It can be just a little differently visually placed and then put up on the wall, you know, those type of things. Oh, for sure. I'm glad you brought up that example. I I like to say that messy drawings can create clarity. Every iteration of something is going to bring new insights. It's going to make meaning for you. All of it works. I love that. Like take out the um, fear of, that's one of the things that you really instill in us in your classes are like, just do it. It's like a do it messy is okay, right? You're not going to get to good refined stuff until you go through the 
the squishy, tangly, messy parts first. You know, somehow we again we think things are going to come up fully formed, and you're like, no, no, no. I had to I had to go through that awkward, tense, getting stuff out, push it around, decide, nope, that one's important. That's not important. Let's keep pushing it around, and then through that iteration, you come up with like, this is way more solid. This is the shape this actually is. I'm not trying to magically, you know, force my thinking into an acronym or three things. It's just like, you know, I think very briefly we, before the call, we talked about tenants. Like, what are the themes you're noticing in this podcast? Those things get revealed over experience. Totally. You didn't know that episode one, right? Right. Definitely. Same principle. And I also think like, once you start, we didn't talk about this yet, but you develop your own style, just like with everything, like your own style of writing, your own style of drawing a line, an arrow, right? And that becomes, totally. you know, I know you've got your bag of tricks. Like you're yeah, like, okay, totally. this is how I draw an arrow. This is how I draw dotted lines or, you know, around certain things. So those things take time to develop. And then once you have those things too, you know, I think for myself, I'm just going to invoke in here too. Yeah, maybe inspire the audience on how they can also use some of this visual training from you is like, I'm thinking like, oh, I can use this for my course when I'm creating my PDFs. I have my bullet points are now these little three arrows that are going in different directions. And I, you know, put that, upload that into Canva. And now my PDFs are visual using my visual um Your thinking tools and my right they're actually yeah. my hand right yep and that is one thing like i've wanted to do for my website and that i know i talked to you about that as a goal of my own how do yeah. i want to use my visual thinking i want to start applying some of my ideas to my website redesign that i keep putting off but it is coming but still like those are ways to also use this not just as the processing piece, because some of this is the processing, right? I'm listing yep. out course ideas or brainstorming on a um, a card, but some of it is practical. Like I can use yep. what I've created because I like my writing and I like how I've done that. And I can put it on a PDF from my course or I can put it on my website. And what's I, a lot of folks probably know the Simon Sinek, a start with why TED talk. It's like one of the yes. top 10. Yeah. And part, we'll I think part of the reason too. that, yeah, awesome. He draws three circles on a board. He does it in front of people. Yeah. It's incredibly powerful. And if you think about if there is something as simple as I've got a model, I've got some shapes, I'm going to get it on the board. And, and it's tied to your same hand on your site. There's a really elegant sense of, of your hand, your style, those authentic marks coming from you that is woven all through your work. Yeah, you it's choose a to use personalization. Yeah, Love exactly. That. So we are wrapping up this first session with Brandy, but not without being introduced to the world of visual thinking. This episode was chock full of ideas. Visual thinking recognizes that there are different types of learners. This is hands-on. This is visual. And I love when Brandy said, visual thinking reduces overwhelm. The reason all of this works, you're taking your thoughts, your feelings and ideas and getting it onto a new surface and making it tangible. That is the first step in making something happen. You've got to get it outside of yourself. And that 100% resonated with me. And I hope you were inspired by what we talked about today. You know, definitely check out the show notes for a link to Brandy's website and her socials, and you can see her creative brilliance 
for yourself. And listen in next week where we continue the conversation with Brandy, diving into creating a body of work. Brandy shares the process of TEDx talk to book to courses, all creating a streamlined body of work in her business. All right, everyone. I'll see you soon. Have a great week. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more info in the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Until next time, keep playing the long game.